So today is the Thursday, the 4th of March 2021. And in us coming together to practice, to cultivate our hearts, we are generous, we keep our virtue, and we practice meditation. This is all for the purpose of giving rise to wisdom. And um, so we follow this path of generosity, of samadhi, of uh, cultivation. And then we come to contemplate well. And if we really see clearly, what we understand is that we need to have some degree of wisdom first to engage in this path. Uh, Because with generosity, we need the wisdom there to see the drawbacks of being stingy and also the benefits of sacrificing. And uh, so we then follow this way, follow this path through wisdom. If we have a lot, then we give in line with our means. If we have just a little, we give in line with our means. We don't, we're not generous in a way that causes harm to ourselves or to others. And this requires wisdom. So when we have this wisdom, then we're also reflecting upon what it is that we're doing. And um, we're able uh, to practice well in this way. And uh, some people, um, they have this great energy of heart uh, to be generous. They're able to get up at 5 a.m. every single morning and start cooking rice and then offer that to the monks on arms round. Even though it may be raining, even though a storm may be blowing in, still they travel to the monastery to offer food. And... uh, There are other people, whoever, who their hearts may not be ready in this practice, in generosity, in this way. And they try to discourage those who do have the inspiration, the energy of heart, uh, to be generous. Uh, But if we have that faith, a faith in generosity, and it doesn't matter what people say, we're still able to come out to offer food to the monks, uh, to do this consistently. And uh, this is because we have right view, uh, because we see the goodness um, in these actions. And also for these people, if they see others doing good deeds, then they give their anamodana, they rejoice in that goodness. Um, That we find pleasure in the bun, in the the meritorious deeds and the skillful deeds of other people. And so we say sadhu to them. This is a good act. This is a good deed. And in doing this, then we in turn gain merit ourselves. And uh, perhaps as monks, uh, we may see other people meditating and we see that they're really focused on this, that they're really trying uh, to practice They're coming to the morning chanting, the evening chanting. They're helping out with the activities of the monastery, creating a lot of goodness. And uh, when we see people do this, then our first response should be that of finding joy in their goodness, in delighting in that, that we don't disparage other people, we don't think badly of them, we don't separate um, them out into us or them. 
uh, but rather we look at them uh, with eyes of kindness and of seeking out the goodness in their lives, the good deeds that they're doing. We have a heart that is quick and ready to find joy in the goodness that other people create. And through doing this, then our hearts turn bright and radiant uh, because of all the goodness that's uh, abundant within them. And even though we may not ourselves be doing all of these good deeds that we see, we're still getting the goodness uh, from the joy that we find in other people's good actions. And, uh, but also, whenever we have an opportunity um, to create goodness, then we try to do this. We try to create this merit. There may be other people who are trying to obstruct us. They may tell us uh, things that uh, try to dissuade us uh, from doing these good deeds. Uh, but for these people, they are creating a lot of bad karma themselves. And the results of this will be a lot of difficulty coming up in their lives, illnesses arising, and sometimes these illnesses may even kill them. And what's that due to? Well, it's because of all of this bad karma that they're creating. Uh, but for those people who, when they see others doing good deeds, uh, they rejoice in that, um, then they in turn gain goodness in their hearts. Uh, for those who don't find joy in that, then they often work to become abstractions to other people's goodness. And they, in turn, get bad karma. And their hearts turn gloomy and sad. So this wisdom is really important. We must train ourselves. Uh, train ourselves to have wisdom, to have sincerity. And like those people who have come to ordain, and especially those from overseas, uh, they've crossed over the oceans to come here, crossed from one side of the ocean and arrived at the other shore. And uh, this shows that they probably have quite a lot of causes and conditions. There are these factors there that allow them to do this, that they've developed their paramis uh, before. And uh, so they're able to uh, come and do these very good things. This requires a lot of causes and conditions for this to be possible. Uh, for people to have faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, to have this firm devotion to training, to practice, to meditation. And all of this requires wisdom as well. And uh, for some people, uh, they have to travel very far to arrive in Thailand. Like those who come from America, it's a 24-hour trip in the plane to get here. And so they need to have developed um, a lot of skillfulness, a lot of merit in the past for the causes and conditions to be present, for this to be possible. So when we have faith, it's important that that is <clears throat> um, also comes hand in hand with wisdom as well. And some people have faith, uh, but they don't have much wisdom. And then delusion can arise. And this can cause them to do a lot of bad things. 
they can cause a lot of harm. But for those of us who already have faith, we also need to bring up this wisdom. Um, see the drawbacks in bad deeds to be devoted to building up goodness and skillfulness. To have this faith that if we do good things, then we'll receive goodness. If we do bad things, then we'll get bad things coming back to us. And we have this faith in the existence of heaven, of hell, of nibbana, that all of these things can arise within the heart. And uh, so we see that the heart that creates goodness, that has sacrifice, uh, that is offering things to others, offering the four requisites, for instance. And this is a heart which is joyful, which is rapturous, which is full, which is happy. And uh, that we work to support the Buddhasasana. In return, we get this inner joy and satisfaction, fulfillment of heart that comes from the generosity that we've done. So having done these deeds, we need to recollect them frequently as well. All the things that we've done before, the many good deeds that we've done. Uh, as Buddhists, um, often we have done a lot of good things. Uh, so we recollect all of those things. And uh, no matter whether it is a lot or whether it's just a few good things that we've done, uh, still we have done some goodness. And so we should think about this. We should bring this up and allow that to fill up our hearts. Perhaps we have offered land for the building of a monastery. Maybe we've been and joined in with the ordination of a monk. And uh, this is something we should recollect frequently because it can really bring up this in a state of joy. And this brings up even more merit. And so we may hear that to, for one person to ordain is of great benefit. There's a lot of goodness that comes from that. And that all the people who join in that ceremony and who participate in that, that there's a huge amount of benefit that comes from that. When we hear or know about someone ordaining, then we can rejoice in that goodness as well. And that these people, they have the faith, they have this intention, this sincerity to practice, uh, to come and ordain, and it's not easy. And uh, especially those who have come from overseas, it can be very tough to ordain. Uh, that in lay life, they had perhaps a lot of wealth, quite a comfortable life. There was a lot of fun and exciting things. Uh, but still they're able to put all of this down, to throw this away and take on the robes. And this is not easy. So we can see that those people who are generous and who are able to keep the five precepts, um, there can be quite a lot of these people. But for those who are willing to take up the brahmacharya, the holy life, it's very difficult uh, to find those. And sometimes uh, lay people take the eight precepts, but often keep the five precepts as the standard. Uh, but no matter what the case, we do have this generosity as a normal um, 
thing in our life that we do. And uh, we also have sila, virtue. And so we recollect this goodness until our hearts grow rapturous. And they can become peaceful through this as well. And so we see that the benefits of generosity and of virtue is a joyful heart. And this is what the Buddha taught Yasa, that the benefits that arises from generosity is that of inner happiness. And uh, the benefits of virtue is that we don't harm ourselves, we don't harm others. And so both of these qualities of generosity and of virtue, they give rise to heaven. And uh, perhaps we may just offer one single flower to a Buddha image, and heaven appears in our hearts. Uh, but that heaven is also of the nature to deteriorate as well. It can't stay forever. So we need to contemplate this well. Um, that even though there may be this joy that arises from generosity and from virtue, uh, it's not the heartwood, it's not the true essence, it's still something that must change, something that's inconstant. So we must train our hearts to an even higher level than this. So we train them in relinquishment, in nekama. And this doesn't just refer to people who ordain, because it's a quality that we can develop in the hearts. Uh, so when we practice in samadhi, this is a very straight and direct form of developing relinquishment. And some people may ordain and have this external relinquishment, but still their hearts are caught up in finding delight in the things of the world. And so their minds don't, haven't given these things up, they haven't relinquished these things. So this is just physical nekama, but it's not inner nekama. So we keep the five precepts or the eight precepts, come to sit in meditation, and then when the mind gathers together into a place of stillness and peace, this is the nekama, the relinquishment of the heart. And here we need to contemplate, bring the mind to stillness, and then let it turn empty. And uh, for those who have a lot of faith, maybe have reached an old age already, uh, but still have the sincerity to ordain as a monk, um, this is really an impressive thing. They've passed a lot of experiences in their lives before, and uh, that they're able to have this devotion, the faith, to come practice, ordain as a monk, to train their minds, uh, it requires a lot of merit. So all throughout the day, they should try to keep their sati, their mindfulness, constant, whether standing, walking, sitting, or lying down, maintain this mindfulness. Now, for those people working in the kitchen, they shouldn't just be doing kitchen work. They should also be chanting as well, going through this chant of the recollection of the Buddha, Itipiso. Do this a lot, many, many rounds of 108 per day. Uh, because when we're chanting, then the mind isn't thinking about other things. When we're chanting, then we're building up merit. If we chant for three hours, and that's three hours of creating merit. 
And so we have this great opportunity to develop goodness. And those who live in the monastery, they have a, a grand opportunity because they don't have to do forms of work that require a lot of thinking. And uh, they also see that they don't really need a lot of wealth uh, to be able to live. They don't have to really go out and tie themselves, exhaust themselves in finding this wealth. So this gives them time to meditate. But it's not the case that those people who do work a normal job, um, that they can't meditate. And they need to try to find the opportunity to practice. And when they get that, to use that well, to train the mind and allow it to become peaceful. And if the mind is very scattered, then we can think about the good things that we've done and think this through. What have we done? Last year, what did we do? Many, many years prior to this, what goodness have we done? And thinking about this, the heart becomes very at ease. And then when it's in this state of inner contentment, then we can come to look at the breath as it comes and goes. Until the mind turns peaceful and joy, rapture arises. And then here we can contemplate and reflect upon the Four Noble Truths. And uh, when we do this, um, then we see the danger uh, in the cycle of samsara. So we train our minds to become uh, peaceful. And in doing this, uh, this is the internal holy life uh, that we're taking up. And then we pick up these topics of inconstancy of stress and not self as the objects of our mind. And uh, then we can develop vipassana in this way. We bring up this recollection of anicca, dukkha, anatta until it's very firm in our minds. And, uh, and in doing this, we can see all things as really being stressful, as being not-self, zanata. And here we see the Buddha arise within our own hearts. We see the true Buddha. And our faith becomes firm. Our belief is unshakable. It's there within our hearts, very firmly embedded. So therefore, the Buddha, the true Buddha, arises within the heart. So Lung Po Cha, he asked, well, can't the Buddha be born in Thailand? And what that meant was that he's able to be born within our hearts. So those from overseas who already have, uh, already quite old, uh, but they have this faith to come as an ordain, as a novice or as a monk, shows that there really is this firm sincerity and devotion. So they should use this and really give the practice the best they have. And this great opportunity to create goodness, so you shouldn't be heedless about it. Uh, some people have the opportunity to ordain, but not for a long time. But still, that requires a lot of faith. It requires that sincerity, that devotion as well. And this too shows that they've created a lot of goodness in the past. And uh, for myself, um, one of my teachers uh, before I ordained uh, was 
Lumpur Bunna, and he ordained at the age of 65. And it just took him five years as a monk for his samadhi to be firmly established and for true wisdom to arise. Even though he was very wealthy as a layperson, he was able to give this up and ordain and really throw himself into the practice. And he didn't read very much. Uh, he didn't memorize a lot. And he just stayed with this one word of Buddha. And so Lumpur Kao, his teacher, asked him, are you able to keep this word there? Are you able to remember Buddha? And he said, yes, I can. And so he just stayed with this, just stayed with this one word. And his heart turned peaceful and great joy and happiness arose. And so really this practice is not difficult, it's not very complicated. We just stay with this one single word. Or we can recollect and think about the good deeds that we've done, uh, the generosity. Or when we see other people do goodness, then we rejoice in that. We chant a lot, and this is a great form of merit. And uh, we also listen to Dharma talks. This too is a meritorious deed. And then we bring the mind to a state of inner stillness, to samadhi. And this allows the mind to turn pure. So we bring skillfulness to completion and then purify the mind. We train ourselves in samadhi, making the mind peaceful, calm, still. And this is a great form of merit. So when we do this, um, then we'll meet with a happiness that we've never met before. And we'll feel this deep sense of peace in our minds, the peace of samadhi. And then we take this to reflect that all things are empty, to allow the heart to perceive nibbana, to allow it to let go. And so we train our minds in this way, contemplating them so they can put things down. And we tell ourselves that it's not appropriate to attach to anything, because all things change, all things are inconstant, they're all stressful, they're all not self. We teach our minds in this way. But these things, they're not real. They just stay for a short time. They're temporary. They're not actually ours. Even though the farmers might tell us otherwise, they may tell us that these things really do belong to us, we should reply that no, they don't. And as we carry on practicing in this way, then our faith becomes firmly established. Wisdom arises. So we should have this sincerity to follow this path. And that we have the merit, the good fortune, and the barami to have met with this path of generosity, of virtue, of meditation. And even though other people may criticize us, may scold us, uh, we should make our hearts firm and unshaken. Contemplate so that emptiness arises within the heart, so that joy comes up. And train ourselves like this. And uh, may all of you practice in this way.